Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. It is, it is of necessity that we have these times with you, Father. And more and more as the day approaches, we will find the time to sit at your feet. To remind ourselves who you are and in whose midst we sit. And fear will fall off. And the weight of the people will be relieved. And the wisdom that they desire and need will be imparted to them. And it will become our daily bread. And I thank you that you're always available. Father, you're always available. Your living voice is always speaking. We will remember to sit. We will remember to sit. Thank you, Father. So we come before you now. We open up our minds. We open up our hearts to hear your word, what it has to say to us. For this is not just words written on pages, but it is your living voice speaking to each and every heart that is in this room. To those that will hear, they will hear you, not me, but what you would have to say to them. And it will impart life, truth, wisdom, and change into our lives. And we thank you. We, we honor you by listening to you in this house today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, he's very tangible in the room today. Y'all can be seated. I'm sorry. Like knee-shaking tangible. <laughs> I like that feeling, don't y'all? It's when you can... Uh, I mean, we always know by faith he's... He's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But there's just times that we just need it and he gives it. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like you've kind of got one finger in a light socket over here. And you just feel this little current thing going on. And, and don't, don't wonder what that is. That's God. And uh, he just likes to make himself, his presence known. I'm thankful for those moments. We had one. I had one this morning. I hope y'all did. You know, we spent the last month talking, or over a month actually, talking about growing and maturing in our Christian walk. I am not doing part 15 or whatever we were on, but it's kind of connected as all the word is connected. And when the so when the thought came to me this week that we needed to look at growing in faith, I thought, where's that word growth again? You know, God, what is up with this growth theme that you've got going on? And y'all, I'm not just saying that I said that. I literally said that. God, what is it with this growth theme that you've got going on? And just as plain as day, immediately the answer came. And when I say the answer came, the thought came. I'm preparing them for a growth spurt. I was like, oh, okay. What happens, you know, how many of you have ever raised a teenager? You know when they're fixing to have a growth spurt. How do you know they're fixing to have a growth spurt? Your refrigerator is empty. Your cabinets are empty. You're driving down the road. You just went through Burger King. They see Taco Bell, and they want to drive through there. You know right then a growth spurt is about to happen. People, our people, I don't know about any other church. I'm just going to put it on y'all. Y'all are hungry. 
and you're like, okay, when can we do a, a Facebook page for Ladies Bible Study? Thank you, Janine, for heading that up. When can, we, when can we get Timothy Project cranked back up, which we did Thursday night, praise God. And if, if I didn't get to you, I will get to you. If your names are on those sheets, we're just now really going through all of that. And, and that's people that feel they're called into the ministry. And, and it's just, when are we going to, when are we going to, when... And I'm like spinning the plates over here. And I'm like, God, what's with these growth spurt? They're eating everything. Why? Because they need it. And so I'm not going to apologize for today's title, Growing in Faith. That was a long way of, of saying it. We're ready for a growth spurt. We can't get complacent in our faith, in our Christian walk. We're always growing. You know, it just amazes me. I can put clean. We got a dog. I got a dog. He gave in. I'm coming to see you soon, Doc. <laughs> um, we adopted a dog. And I can give her fresh water every morning. Nice little clean, stainless steel bowl, shiny. Yet... Every time I take her down to the pond, I know, I'm going to need some preventatives or something. Because she doesn't pick the branch that runs through our land, Lynn, between us. She goes to this puddle. And I'm like, that is stagnant water. You know, that's stagnant water. You want to you drink from living water, right? Flowing, fresh water. And you don't want what grows in stagnant water. And yet, if we're not growing in our Christian walk, we're just partaking of stagnant water. Old word that we heard that, that we're not keeping it moving, we're not living it. We're not keeping it moving. And so Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38. Most of you know this by now. You'll know it when I say it. They all say the same thing. The just shall live by faith. And we talked last week. I think we got the point that Jesus justified us. We have been made just. And now that you are just, there is a way that you're going to live, and that way is faith. The just shall live by faith. So normally we go to Hebrews and we, we use that as a definition of faith. But I, I want to do something a little different today. I, I looked up the word faith in the Greek, in the concordances, and it is the Greek word pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S, and it means assurance, firm persuasion. I really like that. I think that was the Strong's. Firm persuasion, reliance, belief, trust, confidence, and constancy in profession. I love every single one of those words, and we could take every single one of them, do a message off of them. But I'm going to give them to you. You can study them out. The just shall live by assurance, by firm persuasion, by reliance. The just shall live by what they believe. They shall, be, they shall live by what they trust. They shall live by what they're confident of. They shall live by the constancy of their profession. Now, some of you, when we read these, you're going to go, oh, that's why I haven't been living by, because I was living by hope, or I was living by fear. If the just are going to live by faith, these are the words that the scripture gives us. This is what faith means. We got to live our life by what we trust, by what we believe, by what we're confident in. And we live our daily lives by that. You know, I don't know about you, but more and more, 
the faith I was living in days ago is not sufficient for the faith I need for where I'm living now. Now, we're debt-free. We've been debt-free for 15 years or more, maybe 20. I think I was 40, I was 40-something, 42. I was believing to be debt-free by the time I was 40, and it took me to 42. But we lived at, We don't have financial pressures on us. We have a good marriage. We don't, there's just so many things that we're living, we're living good in. We got good kids, good grandkids. But you know what? That life is just odd out there. It's just odd. It's just an odd time. And so more and more I feel this drive that, Susan, you can't get complacent here. You thought you needed faith then. I need it on the daily now. I need it on the daily. And so I need more assurance. That's what I'm saying, faith. I need more assurance. I need more firm persuasion. I need more reliance on him. I need, and that's really a big one for me this year, relying on him. I need more belief in him. I need more trust, more confidence in him. I need more constancy in my profession with him. Because as I grow in my Christian walk, I have to grow in my faith. It takes faith to sustain your Christian walk. You're saved by faith. You can't even be saved without faith. You had to believe to be saved. And now we use our faith, our reliance on him for everything. It's, it's part of our marriages. It's part of our families. It's part of our careers. It's part of our investing. It's part of us buying a car. And if you're dealing with a car dealer, you know as well as I do, you need faith. <laughs> if you're on radio, you can't see who I'm looking at. Let me just tell you what God did for me. Y'all know I couldn't decide. I appreciate all of y'all's opinions on what kind of car I need to buy. Okay? Appreciate it. I should have never said a word. (laughs) But I appreciate all the videos, all the pictures, sending me your car dealer's names, all of that. I appreciate it all. I just wanted to sit in one to know if it's what I wanted. What is with these new car dealers? Back in the old day, Ken... You could go down to the car dealership and you could test drive a car. Now they want you to order one without ever sitting in it. Folks, I got to know how that seat sits. And I got to look out that windshield, make sure it's got the look right. Well, God provided me a way through other faithful friends for me to set in couple of uh, that car and then I, I I did find one through your friend that you connected me with to let me sit in another car both of these cars were already sold to other people well then I decided what I wanted and I knew what color I wanted and so I called my local car dealer and I said uh, okay I know what I want this is what I want and pretty much this was the idea uh, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Not that color. Now, we got two more coming in this color. I said, I don't want that color. I've driven a black car for 10 years. Oh, Bessie out there, faithful Bessie. She's wonderful. But I, I don't, don't give me dark gray. I've been driving a black car for 10 years. I want something different. Before that, I drove a a white car for about that long. I don't want white. I don't want black. I want red. (laughs) My dad sings, the heavens open. He loved red cars. I want red. Well, you can't get a Toyota Sequoia in red because they're sold before they get to the car lot. So, you know, we can look at ordering, and the other car I was looking at, they were saying, oh, well, we can't even get any more. Those are already allotted for 2024. We will have to order and wait for a 2025. 
I, I, now, I, once I decide what I want, when indecision is over, it's more of a faith lesson than you know. When indecision is over and you decide, God loves me so much. We hung up the phone from that car dealer. And within 15 minutes, he calls me. He said, you are not going to believe this. I said, try me. Now, this is a believer. He's, he's a fellow believer. And I said, oh, yes, I will. And he said, I found you a red one. You better give me an answer right now. And uh, it's on its way. Um, I know that's a simple thing, and y'all are probably, if you, if you wanted a new car and you ain't got one, you'd get really mad at me right now and be offended because I got one. I'm just telling you. I, now, I didn't go nuts. I didn't order a Rolls Royce or anything. I know my means, and I know what I can do. I used wisdom. But God, God loves you. He loves you. And I just, my answer to, to the a fellow believer who's, who's a, I know, I, Christians can be car dealers. It, it, they can be. My dad was one. My dad was one, right? So my dad was a car dealer. So all I could say was he gave me what I desired. I, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about that. It may not be a big deal to you, but God loved me that day. He just, he was just like, ha, ha, ha. Impossible? Yeah. What? What? I know. It's, it's, he's good. And how we correspond with God is we believe in him. That's the most beautiful response you can give God is I trust you. I I believe you. You know, we sing the song up here about the promises. I will stand on every word you say. That's faith. It's just like, I'm not going to get upset about this. What if I had gotten off the phone and looked at Rusty and said, ain't going to happen? And you can apply this to your health, to your family. I know, car doesn't seem like a big deal, right? But it's, it's time to get one. <laughs> it's time for me to get one. And so it's in these little things that I'm just like, God, this reliance on you that I can even trust you about daily what other people might see as totally unspiritual. I rely on you. So as you grow in your Christian walk and in your relationship with God, faith becomes a very beautiful word. God, I trust you. I read your word, I hear what it's saying to me, and I'm going to rely on that. A prophecy that Charles Capps gave years ago came back to my mind this morning, and John, I did what you told us not to do in Timothy Project, and that was call the staff and ask them to get something ready for you right before service. But uh, Charlotte was a quick yes, And so, Jaden, if you'll throw my triangle up there. It's from uh, something Charles Capps wrote. And it's called Triangle of the End. And it was a prophetic word that was given to him when he was ministering in Dallas. And I want to, can I just read you a little bit? I'll just pick out some, some things for it. Because it, what really kept coming to me is, as we get towards the end got to grow in our faith we got to grow in our reliance we got to we got to grow in our trust we've got to grow in our confidence in him because you know the world is going to look nuts and and we can't let that drive us nuts 
You know, we need to go to the Word. We need to get that confidence back in Him. But this is, this is just some, I'll just pick out some different statements here. They are in your notes at the QR code if you need them. As you approach the triangle of the end, time will grow faster and closer, faster and closer. There was a time when you could be off from the center line at the top of the triangle and still be inside the triangle of light. Now, y'all, I'm not talking about being outside the triangle as being not born again. But there is a difference in living daily in the light of God's knowledge and of his revelation and of his word. There's a difference in being in the center and hanging on the edge. And so he said there was a time when you could be off from the center line at the top of the triangle and still be inside the triangle of light. But as you approach the triangle of the end, you must move to the center line for Line must be upon line and precept upon precept. I could see that those who were to one side of the center line at the bottom end of the triangle would be outside the triangle of light. So even though, can I just put this as Susan's version? Even though coming to church a couple of times a year or opening your Bible a couple of times a year could keep you in light 10 years ago, It's not going to cut it anymore. And it's not God punishing us. or It's just as, as the end of, of, of this dispensation comes and as, as time is coming, you know, the time is coming faster and closer and the prophetic words are, the, the prophecies of the scriptures have been, been fulfilled and we're watching these things unfold before our very eyes. we got to stay center line. Center line. And he could see in what God was showing him that those that were to one side of the center line or the other at the bottom of the triangle would no longer be in that triangle of light. I need to hear God. I need, not that God need, not that God has to tell me something every day, but if he does... I need to be hearing. You know, there's days when Rusty's on nights and I'm on days and, and there's, there's times that I don't even know. I mean, it's like, okay, see ya. He says, well, I'll see you when I get home, but you won't see me because my eyes are closed when he gets home. <laughs> but, you know, there's times that we may not get to converse. But if we need to tell each other something, we are in each other's hearing. Our minds are set towards each other for hearing. And, and I just, let me go ahead before I get sidetracked. He went on, he said, both the time allotted and prophetic events are being compressed to maximum density to fulfill the prophetic scriptures of the ages. Time is reacting much the same as a liquid flowing through a funnel being drawn into the narrow end. And you know what I thought? The scripture came to my mind, the narrow way. There's the wide way that leads to destruction. And there is the narrow way that leads to life. And the scripture says, few there's few that find it. You know what God's saying today? Find it. Center up. Center up. It's not a message of condemnation. It's a message of love. He's got things he needs to tell you, sometimes on the daily. But we've got to, we've got to remain hearing because church pew Christianity, being saved and hearing the word occasionally when you feel like it, 
It just doesn't fit the definition of faith. Because faith, it's not a parachute for you to pull the cord when the plane is going down. The just shall live by faith. So what are you living off of? Well, it depends on what your diet has been. You're living off of what your diet has been. You know, I can go down here and we, we happen to be big fans of Mexican food. And, and I can... You're dismissed. No. <laughs> I lost you all. If I'd, have, if I'd have just mentioned chip and dip, I'd have really been in trouble. I can eat that. And I want a nap before I get home. Or I, can, or I can eat something that's more nutritious and energy giving and go home and want to get something done. And so what are you going to live off of? If you're not putting the word in, you don't have any faith to live by. You don't, you don't have any faith to live by. The just shall live by faith. So how do we get it? How do we develop it? How do we grow it? Our one scripture of the day. <laughs> well, there will be a couple in this. Romans 10. Let's go there. We're just going to center around Romans 10, 17 this morning. Romans 10, we're going to start in verse 13. I'm reading out of the King James Version on this. And man, it was just hard to find a place to start. But jump in, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember, we've talked about this. Saved is a big word. Doesn't just mean saved from the flames of hell. Salvation is about our daily life. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Ladies and gentlemen, you have to hear to believe. I know it's a simple truth. But you're struggling to believe, but it's because you haven't heard. It's, it's a simple fix. And how shall they, I'm sorry, and how shall they hear without a preacher? That doesn't just mean a pastor, that's a proclaimer. Somebody heralding the truth. Literally, if you look it up, to herald, which is what you're doing. When you, when you talk about the word, when you talk about scripture, you're proclaiming, you are preaching, you are declaring. Someone hears that. Isn't that how the woman with the issue of blood got healed? When she had heard of Jesus. There's several healings in the Bible. When they had heard, faith comes by. And how shall these preachers preach except they be sent? Oh, you've been sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. That's what your gospel is supposed to be. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. How much are you hearing? Because that can determine how much faith you are operating in. I don't know how much faith do I want, Susan. Look, I know. It's real easy for me to go home after a hard day dealing with people's issues or our issues and, and go home and, you know, the brain just wants to zone out and watch Reba. It's my comic relief. I mean, you, you go home, or well, it's been bluey for a couple of weeks, hasn't it? If y'all if y'all are not watching Bluey, you're missing it. Um, it's a cartoon for kids, y'all. Um, 
It's, it's easy to just want to go home and let the mind zone out. But how much faith do I want? And I'm, y'all, I'm not saying I go home and listen to the word all day long. But when I go to bed, when you come home and turn the TV off, it's the word. No, it's not always what I want to watch. It's not always what I want to hear. But when you come to me and you say, can you lay hands on me? I want faith to be there. You want faith to be there. The people around you need you to have faith residing in you when they're pulling from you that good news that we're proclaiming. Faith comes by hearing, not seeing, hearing. You know, all through, the, all through the scripture, people saw Jesus do the miraculous and yet did not believe. Think about the children of Israel. Let's see. You freed us from slavery. You know, the whole plague thing that happened. Pretty miraculous. You walk out, not only do you walk out, you walk out with all the Egyptians' wealth. You get to the Red Sea, the enemy's coming, the sea's on this side of you. You're pinned up between the sea and I forget how many chariots, craziness, like 600 or something. Oh, the sea parts, not only that, it's not muddy. They walk across on dry ground. And then the sea encloses over their enemies. And God said, you will see your enemies no more. And then you start complaining because there's not enough food. And so God flies some quail in and drops some Colton's rolls down from heaven. (laughs) Said it tastes like wafers and honey. I got to quit talking about food. Then you still complain, and then, you know, you come to some water, and it's bitter. And so, you know, they throw a tree in it, which is the sign of the cross, and the bitter water becomes sweet water. And then, or you just, you know, hit a rock, and enough water flows out to feed to water millions of people and their animals. Yet when another thing came up, they didn't believe. So faith doesn't come by seeing Faith comes by us choosing to hear it. It comes by us choosing to hear it. And it comes by hearing, not having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Present tense hearing. Present tense word. The Bible equals present tense faith. It's like the manna. We need it every day. You don't save it over. That was the type in the Old Testament. We, we don't save it over. It gets wormy like the manna did. You have to go out and get it every day. God rained it down, but you had to go and get it. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to create it. God sent it. We get it. Get it. And it doesn't take forever. I'm not talking about you have to have a three-hour word workout. But it is amazing what a little word can do, isn't it? You know, we got time in our car. We got time when we're in the tub. Most people leave you. Well, I don't know. If you got kids, they don't leave you alone even when you're in the bathroom. Most of us have a few minutes that we can inject word to build our faith. I just don't have time. Yeah, we do. I touched on this talking about me and Rusty, but I want to I want to say it again. Hearing requires an abiding relationship. This is where we miss it. See, like we approach the word, like when we know we're going to need faith for something, we go to the Bible to get faith, get a word from God. When we need to be abiding in that relationship, and then it's not like a parachute cord. When we need to hear from God, 
He speaks and we hear. That's the goal. That's the goal. Isn't that what John 15 says? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, do we want to stop there or do we want to keep going? You shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. So to recap Romans 10, 17 in the Susan Allen version, not available in stores. So then faith, so then assurance, so then firm persuasion, so then reliance, so then belief, so then this trust, this confidence, this constancy in profession comes by hearing the living voice and hearing the living voice and hearing the living voice by the word of God. Where'd you get that living voice thing? I'm so glad you asked. This word, word in John 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. When you look it up in the Greek concordance, it is the word rhema, which we love. We love that word because it's, it's, a, it's a word to us. Thayer's defines the word, word, rhema, that which is or has been uttered by the living voice. You know, this Bible, I said this in the prayer at the beginning of service, it's not just printed pages. That which is or has been uttered by the living voice. That's what your Bible is. Vines brings it out even more. It says, what is uttered in speech or writing? What is uttered in speech or writing? His living voice. He wanted me to have that. Do you know how supernatural it is that we have? That we have this documentation from creation forward? Do you, know, do you know how miraculous it is? What wars and what people had that God had to protect as they pinned what he gave them? They didn't even understand a lot of what they were writing. They told us about our future thousands of years ago. They told us about Christ ever before Mary was, he was ever conceived in the womb of Mary. This is the living word. And, and what makes it so beautiful, it's like that living water, is that it's a fresh word. I can read a verse in here and it mean one thing about one part of my life 10 years ago. And I can read that same verse tomorrow and it be for tomorrow's season. That's why the manna was picked up daily. We don't live, yes, you went to church all your life. You know, some of you, I went to church all my life. That manna is wormy. It was for then, but we've got living word from a living voice for today. For today. Whatever it is you're dealing with today, God has a word for it. He has a rhema for it. And it can mean one thing for Rusty and another thing for me and another thing for Ken and another thing for Kayla. The same word. That's how living it is, Laney. It takes special word for some of us. Sometimes we need specific instruction, like move to Arkansas. We appreciate him speaking that to you. may have been Cody's voice, but, you know. <laughs> it's so true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that has been uttered by the living voice. I don't know, that just got me. This is the written utterance of the living voice. And if you will give him, the living voice, your ear, 
He will give you his faith. So we say my faith. But didn't we learn this from Mark 11? That when, he, when Jesus said after the whole fig tree thing, have faith in God. That in your margin it says have the faith of God. I don't know if they were just scared to write it that way. Why put it in the margin? Have the faith of God. We know it's the faith of God because it's born from the word of God. So the faith that comes in you from the word of God is the faith of God. If that, that's powerful. Many of you are looking elsewhere for faith. You want faith. You want to believe. You want to trust. Some of you are looking to people for your assurance, for your confidence. Some of you are trusting in people. Now look, if your, if your person is a God-led person, they can help you by feeding you the word, helping you with the word, but they are not the source of your faith. And this is where cults come in. Because person doesn't need to give you their faith. They need to instill God's faith in you. Where you're reliant on him, not them. We get in trouble when we become reliant on them. Some of you are looking at circumstances for your faith. That is way too undependable. Some of you are looking for a feeling for your faith. Very seldom do I feel like I'm in faith. Does that help you? I trust his word. He said, if I, then this is what would happen. Just, just the same as I don't always get up every morning and feel saved. But I know I am because I did what the word says and the word says I'm saved. I don't always feel healed, but I know what the word says. I don't always feel, you know, loving towards, but I know what the word says. The love of God was shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And so we, we learn to trust in the word that is our only source of faith. If it's not the word, it's not faith. I heard a message this weekend and the pastor that I was listening to gave this analogy and I oh, just absolutely loved it. He said, if you were dying from thirst and you needed water to live and you ran up to the nearest house and you saw the cable box, you would not pull the cable out and put it in your mouth because it is a source, but it is not the source of life. Living water is not transmitted through the cable box. If you saw the electrical box, electricians, you would not pull the wiring out of the electrical box and put it in your mouth. It is a source for some things, but it is not the source of life. Living water is not transmitted through it. But if you can find that water hose and put it in your mouth, you can live. Faith is sent from God to you through one conduit. And if you will put it in your mouth... The just shall live by faith. And I just wanted to run all through the house. I was like, that's it. You know, even, even, 
even going online, because I thought about the cable box, I thought even going online and, and trying to pull faith all the time from other people, and I use that as a source, right? I watch ministers. I got that example from a minister on television. But if it's not the word, it's not the living water, and it might be a source, but it's not the source. And so I really want us to hone back in on, yes, read good books, listen to that praise and worship music, you know, use those things, but read your Bible. Read your Bible. Let it build. Go read. Just, just go read what all's in red. You know, just read the words of Jesus. And let the living word do what the living word was meant to do. And that is to bring life to you. To what degree do we want to live the Zoe life? The God kind of life. It's only going to come through his word. And here's the response I get from a lot of people. When we talk about reading the Bible. I don't understand it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Read the Word of God anyway. The more you read, the more you begin to get. The more you read, the more you begin to get. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, the ability to hear, comes by it. And so in your notes that you can get at the QR code at the entrances of the sanctuary... I put some scriptures in there for those of you who say, I can't understand the Bible. Yes, you can. I'm going to read, I'm not going to read the, the scriptures, I'm just going to give you the reference. They are in your notes. Proverbs 2, 1 through 7. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Psalm 119, verse 104. John 16, 13. James 1, 5. John 14, 26. 1 Corinthians 2, 13. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. You can. He wants you to. He sent it for you, not to hide it from you, not to make it complicated for you. So get that I can't attitude out. Determine, I'm going to draw from your word. And faith will come because that's what you told me. You told me that's how faith come. I need to believe in you. I need to trust in you. I need to be able to rely on you. I need to be able to have faith for my family, for my job, for my coworkers, for my friends. And if I hear your word, faith is going to come. Put the water hose in the mouth. Don't just read the word. Speak the word. Say it. Well, I don't understand. Say it. I can't tell you how all it, how all it works other than I know it works. We'll go back and read uh, Romans 10 at some point above that. But it's, it's, it's in the mouth and in the heart. It's in the mouth and in the heart. It's in the, one way you get the word in your heart is to speak it with your mouth. You believe what you say. You were made to believe what you say. That's why lying is so twisted. Because you can say a lie long enough that you believe it yourself. Well, what if you say the truth long enough that you believe it yourself? That's what we're going for. Amen? Let's grow in our faith. And let's all go to the Mexican food restaurant. Y'all can stand. We need to grow. We need to grow. We need to be reliant, confidently reliant. Fully assured, fully persuaded as Abraham was to believe what God has spoken. So Father, we submit ourselves to you this morning. We submit ourselves to your word. We've heard what you said. Now it's up to us to be doers of that word. And Father, I just pray that the Holy Spirit deal with each and every person here. 
Father, if there's any that do not know Jesus as their Lord, if they have not started that first step of belief, that the Holy Spirit deal with them. Father, you said that whoever called upon the name of the Lord, evoking him as their Lord, that they would be saved. You said if we would believe that Jesus died for us and that you raised him from the dead, and if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he would be our Lord and that we would be saved. Our minds are not changed, but our spirit is made alive. We would be born again. And Father, then we get to start the process of changing how we think to how you think, which comes from your word. But that is our first act of faith. And Father, if anybody's here that needs to do that, let the Holy Spirit deal with them. They have heard from you today. They have said in your presence. Is there anybody here that needs to do that today? Need to make Jesus the Lord of your life today? If you will, raise your hand good and tall. I'm kind of short where I can see you. If you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just let me know. And if you need to holler at me afterwards or basically anybody in the room and say, I need to do that then we would, there's nothing we would rather do than to get you started in the walk of faith. And then to start reading your Bible, asking questions, and, and let that confidence and trust relationship. See, this thing with God's not a formula. It's a relationship. And he has written you a letter called the Bible. And he wants you to know what's in it. And so get in there and read it. See what it says, and you'll get to know the one that you're now calling Lord. So, Father, I dismiss these people into your presence, knowing full well that your angels are round about them, that you watch over and that you protect them, that, you, that they are salt and they are light, that they are pillars of truth in our society. Give them the strength to stand as the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they would not bow to this culture, but they would be strong in your word, that they would be able to be a, a city on a hill. And a light that cannot be covered. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen.